What's going on, everyone? It's Mackin here with another episode of Happy Sad Talk Thing. Except there's a twist this time. What's that? Oh, I'm friggin' shredding on the guitar while I ramble about my thoughts for a second before we get into the interview. What? What a twist, you guys. What a treat this is for you to be witnessing history. Audio history, guys. Never been done before. I'm sure it's been done before. Anyways, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm all moved into uh, my new apartment, you know. I'm an East Sider now. Um, I like it. I go to the grocery store. I see people that are, uh, you know, that I feel like I want to hang out with. And I'm like, oh, that person looks pretty cool. And then I think to myself, that person looks a little too cool. Am I cool enough? Oh, I'm not cool enough. And then that whole thought spiral starts, you know. Silver Lake, Echo Park, whatever, whatever. I, I live somewhere in the in the middle, a little to the middle south. I believe it's called Jefferson Park. I don't really know. It's been well gentrified for a while. I didn't uh, single-handedly gentrify it. But it's those things that you think about and you're like, oh, this does this suck for a lot of people? I do like uh, these fancy cafes. I will say that. It is nice getting a fun, overpriced uh, Americano. Uh, you know, by someone with a cool haircut. Anyways, <clears throat> try not to get too cynical about it because it is just like, you know, it's nice. Groceries actually cost around the same from where I was living before, so. And my rent is actually cheaper, which is nice. Um, anyways, so, feeling, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's a lot more walking to do, which is, which is nice for a, a young person. I can walk and can run into some friends while I walk. I ran into a friend, uh, I went to breakfast today, and I went hiking with another friend. Um, yeah, so, more social, for sure, which I like. Um, and I can, like, wander and take long walks, which I like as well. So, that's going good. My band, the Nova Darlings, we put out a record last week. That's always fun. We started it just under a year ago today. So, uh, that's been a friggin', uh, it's been a trial, you know? Um, you can head to our Patreon if you want to hear some more, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. About how we made it, read some lyrics, you know, watch some cool exclusive live videos and such. But yeah, man, blank page for the band right now, so we're uh, we're cooking up some new stuff for you. But uh, if you haven't heard the new record yet, it's available everywhere. It's called Ephemera, etc. Um, what else is going on? Saw a great show the other day. My friends in the band called Thumpasaurus put out a great new record, The Book of Thump. Go check that record out. They put on a hell of a live show, so... See if you can check them out. I think they're going to be going to Scotland for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in August, so check them out there. Um, yeah, man. Musician in L.A., you know? I'm trying to put some energy into uh, my career, you know? I feel like a lot of it is just being in the right place at the right time. And... Uh, it's very easy, I feel like, to respond to that with a sense of hopelessness. Like, therefore, I have no control, and I should just fucking give up. False! 
You know, it's just about being in the right place at the right time. Being in a lot of places at a lot of times. Follow your nose, you know? You can be proactive about that shit. So I'm trying to be more proactive about that shit. You know, I've been counting my calories recently, which is always a thing I used to be afraid of. Like, oh no, start obsessing about that shit. I just want to live free and die hard. That was my slogan back in the day. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to pay attention. Turns out I wasn't eating nearly enough protein, and I was eating a heck of a lot of uh, friggin' cookies and stuff. There's a little fitness app I use called My Fitness Pal. Tells you wh- wh- how you're doing. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit better. It's hard, man. It's hard. I'm trying to not eat meat right now. It's hard to get enough protein. A lot of different veggie burgers out there. A lot of different veggie patties with a wildly varying degree of uh, nutrients in them. Make sure you get the nice ones. And by nice, I mean fucking make sure you get the really expensive ones. Now, make sure you get the ones with the right nutrients in them, man. That's what I mean. Some of them hardly have any fucking protein in them. I'm like, what is this bullshit? What do you think I was... I wanted a a new kind of bread? I already got bread! God damn it. So that's kind of where I'm at, guys. Um... Yeah. Yeah. That seems like Nice round off to my thoughts on the dating apps still, guys. We talk about dating apps on this episode with Alex Rogers. What? Another L.A. musician of the Family Hogs. And uh, just a cool creative guy, maker of things. Um, he kind of helped me feel better about the shame around dating apps and stuff. Um, and... Uh, recently updated my profiles and stuff. Try to find some nicer photographs and uh, you know, trying. It's that, it's that loose grip of uh, intentions about the future, you know? Where you're like, I want to go this way but also I don't want to need to go this way so hard that I miss out on stuff or get bummed out. But still try to move some sort of forward direction. So... I don't know, guys. We're all we're all friggin' trying. Some people out here, real selfish, real shitty people, trying to, uh, you know, abuse their power and stuff like that to, uh, you know, disenfranchise people and such. And then there's other people out here helping people. And then there's other people out here making cool stuff. And then there's me, just sort of talking to you right now. And then there's you. Just fucking listening to this like a piece of shit. Who do you think you are? Oh, I'm gonna listen to a podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice try. I see right through you, you son of a bitch. Yeah, no hiding from me. I, I know who you are. Jeremy. There's gonna be one guy listening to this named Jeremy that's about to, to just shit his pants. <laughs> Oh boy, you guys. Relationships, you know. I was really missing this one. My first relationship. First time I fell in love. And I was saying that I missed this person. We'll call her Sarah. Her name is not Sarah. 
But I was like, damn, I fucking miss Sarah. The more I thought about it, I was like, I don't miss Sarah. I miss the way Sarah saw me, you know? I missed the feeling of thinking that someone is the coolest thing that also thinks you're the coolest thing. And that validation, you know? That's what I miss. I don't, I don't think I miss her as much as the feelings of the time in the past. And that's a good thing to realize because you're like, oh, that thing that I miss isn't around anymore. You know, I don't think that's available anymore. I think that's just a vision in my mind of the past. Um, and that, that helps. That helps the grief of loneliness a little bit, you know? It's all about finding things that help a little bit, man. We're just, you know, trying to help a little bit out here. Um, <clears throat> what other fucking pseudo-help, self-help bullshit that I want to pass along to you guys? Um, oh yeah. Haven't fallen in love in a long time in a reciprocal way. But I was at my therapist's office the other day and he was like, yo, dude. He did not say yo, dude. But he was like, man, <clears throat> even though those people that you were in love with weren't in love with you, your takeaway should be like, oh, that's cool that I can feel that level of love for someone outside of that, you know, relationship with Sarah. And it's like, yo, man, even though this other shit didn't work out, it's like, oh, you're still capable of it, you know? So that was like a really positive spin on uh, one-sided romances that I thought was cool. It's just like, oh, yeah, like circumstantially, you know, one of these will work out one day, but... uh it's not because I'm broken or incapable of feeling or something. It's like, oh, that depth of feeling exists outside that one person. So if you're hung up on one person, stop it. <laughs> I don't think that's what he was saying. <laughs> and that's why I'm not a therapist. Well, guys, here comes the episode with Alex Rogers. I hope you enjoy it. I hope everyone's having nice times. Yeah, I think she said, I don't know, I think she's dating Joey, would that make sense? Yeah, that would be Joey's girlfriend, Taylor McKiska, who is a wonderful person and is actually the person who got me the job at Phil's. Oh, heck yeah. Cool. So that makes sense. Awesome, man. Well, hello. Hello. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. Of Good course. to be here. Yeah. Uh, what's on your mind these days, man, would you say? What's on my mind these days? Um, lots of stuff. I just got back from a trip to Sweden. Whoa, how was Sweden? Sweden was pretty amazing. Um, I was there to visit my brother. He lives there with his girlfriend. He goes to school there. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, Pretty much hung out. part of Sweden? I don't (laughs) know the parts of Sweden. Right, well, I mean, neither do I, to be honest. Copenhagen? Um, That is Denmark. (laughs) Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) For all you listeners, Copenhagen is in Denmark. (laughs) Got it, got it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Joseph lives in a place. This show called is just learning geography with Mac and I'm gonna yeah, change the geography name. with <laughs> Mac and Alex. <laughs> just me learning in a safe space. 
it's all good. I'm happy to be here and educate you on that. Cool. Sweden. <laughs> Love it. Joseph lives in a city called Uppsala, which is, um, I think, like the second biggest city in Sweden. The first being Stockholm. Yeah. And um, it was amazing. We uh, went on a lot of runs, looked at some viking burial mounds and i got to go into sweden for a couple or, or uh, into uh, stockholm for a couple days and while i was there i just like started at one beautiful old coffee shop and moved to the next beautiful old coffee shop and yeah it was wonderful that sounds rad <laughs> actually one day we went to the the abba museum and for for those of you who don't know abba is a swedish band and they're practically national heroes. Whoa! On on the level of the Beatles, like maybe bigger than the Beatles. In, Whoa! In Sweden, they I have their own that. their own museum that's just dedicated to them. Yeah. And I uh, got to go, and it was quite the experience. What do they have there? <laughs> they had uh, information on all four members of ABBA, and they had. ABBA karaoke where you would uh, record yourself and nice. uh, you could make your own music video to Dancing Queen. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was it was pretty over the top, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. It was lit. That's hardcore. Yeah. The only, the only thing I would have done differently going back is uh, they have a bar at the ABBA museum that you can like have a drink at. Yeah. And if I, if I ever go back, I'm going to like sit at that bar and like have a few drinks and just like get maybe like a little drunk and yeah. then like go in. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah. That's it lovely. Was, it was wonderful. And yeah. Uh, are you in your brother class? He and I are close. Uh, his name is Joseph and I have three siblings and Joseph and I are the closest in age. He's right. one year older than me. Okay. One year older than me. So of course and then we what are, are the close. other siblings fall on the breakdown. Okay, here's the breakdown of the Rogers siblings. The oldest is Katie. She's eight years older than me. Mm -hmm. Next in line is Thomas. Thomas is six years older than me. Yeah. Uh, and then there is a five-year gap. Right. <laughs> Joseph was born then, and then a year later was me. So I'm the youngest of four. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm the Joseph, youngest of three. Youngest of three? Hey. Young, youngers. Youngest. Young, young kids. Yeah, um, the youngest living the youngest life isn't isn't easy. Um, but I feel like I I don't know what the personality traits are. But whenever I meet someone else that is also the youngest, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I've heard that the youngest in the family is supposed to be relatively artistic and relatively social. And I think um, I've I've just heard this, but uh, yeah, they're not. Sense. I've heard that because they're cared for for so much of their life. Right. Like, they don't always develop the tools to like <laughs> nurture themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that rings true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't know how you feel as, as a youngest in your family, but I felt like that from time to time. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a thing getting to watch your older siblings kind of navigate their way through the world. Totally. And I think that as the youngest, you do learn from your older siblings mistakes in 100%. some sense you yeah. get to see them make a lot of mistakes um screw up a lot and you're yeah. just sort of like "Ooh, i'm not gonna do that thing yeah <laughs> yeah especially like sharing a heart mind with your siblings like yeah it's helpful having like the perspective and getting to watch other people kind of run the run the course first and be like okay cool. totally that's kind of how i 
maybe react <laughs> a little yeah. bit, you know? What are your siblings like? Um, give me the uh, the Carol breakdown. Yeah, I have two <laughs> older sisters. Um, one of them is like, I don't know if she's 26 or 25. And then one of them is 23 or 24. I think 24 and 26 will go with. We'll go with that. Approximately that right. 24 and 26. Yeah, <laughs> that's them. You know, I'm the youngest. Nice. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers to the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. Mm. It was a wonderful place to be born and raised. Yeah. Um, That's rare. That's cool. I don't really meet a lot of people, I feel like, that are stoked to be from where they're from. Totally. Um, yeah, I guess it's one of those things that I just need to count my blessings for. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was, I had a great childhood. Um, I was raised by parents who really support my art and yeah. what I want to do, which is also something like yeah. not everybody has. And what were you like as a kid? <laughs> um, as a kid, I think that I, um, I mean, when I was like, when I was really young, I, I think I had, I had like a different best friend every year. Yeah. You know, it was like, I don't know what it was, but I couldn't really hang on to best friends. Yeah. And, uh, so I ended up, um, spending a lot of time by myself, um, at recess. Uh, and eventually I met Joey Briggs, who is my partner in life and all things music yeah uh joey and i met in fifth grade and i didn't know that whoa yeah like we're like childhood best friends and i think that uh pretty quickly we got into music and like it was fifth grade so i think i must have been like 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. um i was always like pretty interested in my mom's music Right. Um, she is like a kid's songwriter. Wow. And that's cool. Would perform with her best friend, uh, whose name is Carrie, and they per- per- performed as Mary Sue and Carrie. So as a kid, I would like go see them at farmers markets Whoa. and see them at the, the public library. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was nice. I, you know, it was like my mom was uh, like Fräulein Maria. Or something, <laughs> you know. Like well, I was, who was Fräulein Maria? Uh, from Sound of Music. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Come on, Mackin. Come on, dude. I'm keeping up. I'm trying. Cultural reference. Sweden. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Austria. Austria. <laughs> um, dude, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, it was. It Did was. your siblings play music? Uh, a little bit. I think we all had some musical training. Katie yeah. uh, got interested in guitar when she was in high school. Right. And uh, like very quickly just did a deep Beatles dive. Yeah. And was just crazy about the Beatles. And of course my parents are too. So I received a lot of exposure to that from like a young age. Yeah. Um, my brother Thomas uh, played clarinet in uh, like symphonic band and wind ensemble and marching yeah. band yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And uh you know, in like many ways, like Thomas is, was like a hero of mine and yeah. I wanted to like do everything that he was doing. And yeah. so like when it was my turn to uh, start up an instrument, I like yeah. did clarinet. 
Hell yeah. And uh, Joseph also, um, he, uh, like, we all, we all took piano lessons and whatnot, but Joseph and I actually um, uh, were both in marching bands together in mm. high school. Heck yeah. He played baritone and trombone. And so, yeah, I guess all the Rogers siblings are musical yeah. in some sense, although I think I'm the only one who's, like, pursuing it. <laughs> yeah, when did, like, the bands and the writing and the recording start? Oh, man. Um, well, um, probably around the time I met Joey. Uh, so fifth grade, I think, is when he and I first, like, sat down with, like, two acoustic guitars and started jamming yeah I mean, like <laughs> the, the the like songwriting wasn't really there or anything but like um we would just like play the blues and uh <laughs> take turns soloing and stuff yeah hell uh, yeah yeah i think that uh i mean it was it was fun and silly but very formative um i i always make this joke that like after I saw the movie School of Rock, it was like my life was changed, right? And like it was all downhill from there, right? N- completely. Like joking aside, like that, I feel like that movie for so many people, um, for so many of like our friends was was a very like def- even though it's a comedy movie, was like very much a defining moment in people's lives. Completely, you know? so inspirational, saved rock so and roll. on point. <laughs> Yeah, completely <laughs> produced an, a whole new generation of kids who are excited to play music. Yeah, excited about classic rock. I think a hundred percent that that is very true. Totally, you know? and like, I, I don't know if Jack Black understands. No, the I don't think he does. <laughs> he had on like everyone's life who yeah. plays music right now. Yeah, but like, it's like maybe as big as those bands in that movie. Totally. You know? And like, I mean, I can't speak for, for every 20 something musician right now, but for me, it was huge. I feel like that is pretty true for like most people that I talk to kind of in our shoes, you know? Absolutely. And That's I, sick. I was crazy about it. And the scene where he's writing on the chalkboard and like <laughs> pointing at all the, the various yeah. bands yeah, and yeah, how yeah. they're connected and related to one another. I would like pause that pause that st- and, yeah. like, still frame of it and oh, like shit. look them up and stuff yeah <laughs> that's awesome i geeked out hard that's a great thing to geek I geeked out, over. out hard yeah so um yeah after after um <laughs> becoming addicted to the movie school of rock i uh you know so began the rest of my life up until this moment <laughs> <laughs> striving to be be a rock star yeah. <laughs> Same, dude. <laughs> totally. You, you find the thing when you're like 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. and then this has been it since. <laughs> See, you want to know, know something funny about that movie, though? Yeah. The, like, the first trillion times I saw it, I um I was closer in age to the students, the kids in the movie. Right. And I would have these thoughts like, oh, man, like, I wish some awesome guy would, like, come to my school and, like, teach me how to rock. Yeah. And... <laughs> I lived that way for years, feeling that yeah. way about the movie. Waiting for Jack Black to show up. Waiting for my own personal Jack Black. But uh, today, I think I'm closer in age to to his character, uh, Ned yeah, Shibley. Totally. And uh, I think the most recent time I saw the movie, I just like felt slightly different about the whole situation. I was like, right. Oh my gosh! Like someone should arrest him. <laughs> 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 like he's like. 
at this school without permission and like yeah. in the room with these kids Fucking like with their education just, like, like messing with their education <laughs> i like totally saw more eye to eye with like yeah. the, the parents yeah in you know who were just infuriated by totally. his presence you have know? you seen there's a video on youtube that i uh love so much that's like the movie sort of remixed to look like a horror movie Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, I have not seen that, but and you have got to send me that link after this conversation. It's so great! It's basically just like yeah, clips from that, like kind of with that perspective. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then like really creepy music under it. And it <laughs> is creepy if you think about oh, it. Oh yeah, I, mean, I gotta show you this this YouTube video. It's yeah, crazy. It's it's so <laughs> creepy, and you know like. I mean, w- without getting, like, too heavy, but, like, the topic of, like, strangers showing up in your school is, like, uh, it's a potent one and yeah. a relevant one and <laughs> yeah. one that is, like, under discussion and a conversation in in the, in the in society right now. And, yeah. um, I mean, like, there have been so many school shootings and whatnot, like the idea of like somebody coming into the classroom who is completely uh, like a complete, a complete stranger is, is frightening. Yeah. A fraud, a a total fraud. Yeah. Well, crazy. One can hope like he, he comes in peace to, to share rock with (laughs) you. (laughs) Yeah, man. Heck yeah. yeah. So when did the ha ha's get going? Family ha ha's started in 2014. Mm-hmm. I was Did you living, go to high school with Joey? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I mean like we went to the same elementary school, the same middle school, and the same high school. Yeah. And when we graduated, uh I What were the high school times like before the, we get to Hahas? Before we get to Hahas, okay. I mean like the ha- the the high school times were <laughs> they were great. Uh, we played in a band that was called the Stellar Atlas. <laughs> we worked very hard on that name. It's a cool name. Thank you. Um, it involved it involved uh, a whole organized system with poster boards and totally. pointing to different <laughs> names and voting. Yeah. And, yep. You know, like yeah. <laughs> we took we took naming the band very seriously. When I was then. like ten, I or I might have been like eleven or twelve, but I really, really wanted to name uh, the band I was in with my middle school friends, uh, Sheepdog. Sheepdog. And I, I just could not convince them that it mm. was cool. Now there's a band called Sheepdog. That's a good band name. I, I must think it's say. a cool one. I think it's a really cool one. And I, uh, I just could never get my friends on board with that. That's all right. You know, like there's always going to be someone who's the the naysayer. Like, yeah. Fuck those guys. Uh, you if know they're what? listening, fuck them. Yeah. Whoever said no to the name <laughs> Sheepdog, I hope you're listening. Right. <laughs> so you're playing in Stellar Atlas. We were playing in the Stellar Atlas. Um, Having nice times. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like Boulder isn't the the biggest city and uh, the music scene isn't the isn't the largest. Um, and so it was like the Stellar Atlas and like a handful of other bands. And we would um, play shows around around Boulder and, yeah. you know, like had petty band rivalries and yeah you know like liked to think that we were the shit and um you know like we like we felt awesome and we were playing shows and uh um 
people around people around our high school like knew us as like the guys from Stellar Atlas. Yeah. And that felt awesome. Yeah. To be known uh for for my music kind yeah. of within my own social circle. And that was that was great yeah. for me. Um I loved that. Um like I said earlier, you know, like I I had like a different best friend every year and right. uh you know, when I finally like met Joey and we started uh, making music together and um, it was like the first time that I like felt anything in the ballpark of, of feeling popular or like cool right. in any way. Um, and like, of course, like stuff like that is, is still important to me today. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like anyone who, who plays music, um, desires some sort of recognition for it yeah but especially at a younger age um like it felt really good to to yeah. receive any kind of uh um validation especially for the thing that you identify with the most in your heart as like the thing that you like for what you identify with as yourself you're like oh i'm this guy that does this thing for other people to come along and be like, you're the guy that does that thing. It's huge. 100%. Yeah. Know? And I was like, I'm the guy who plays keys in Stellar Atlas. And yeah. I remember like, like, there was this one time that I was at uh, like a, a, a pizza buffet and the guy who was like in line next to me, like with his plate, he was like, you're the guy who plays keys in Stellar Atlas. Yeah. And, was, and he was like a total stranger. And I was just like, Hell oh my yeah. God, I've done it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look out world. I have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> extra pizza for me. Yeah. Extra pizza for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick, man. Totally. Um, uh, yeah. I mean like the high school years were good. Um, I think um, it was, those years were defined by that band and also my experience in marching band, which um, was also formative. Yeah. I I started, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I was in the front ensemble, uh, commonly known as The Pit. And cool. uh, for those of you who for those of you who never did marching band, that's the section that does not march. Oh no. <laughs> so you're not <laughs> that's marching. That's the section that like is along the front of the of the field and okay. plays xylophone and marimba. Nice. And uh smashes the gong from time to time. What were you doing? I um my first year I did vibraphone. Vibraphone, nuts. My second year I did xylophone and then i did marimba my last two years mm. and uh not the same instrument as no, i once thought yeah um, <laughs> not the same thing guys um <laughs> they're not all xylophones <laughs> Con contrary to popular to popular belief they are not all xylophones true yeah throw the glockenspiel in there yeah yeah i played the glockenspiel whole once or twice nice um you know like it, like, it's fun to crack jokes about it and stuff, but like doing that was incredible. And yeah, no hell yeah. And it, it made me so much better at reading music and inspired me to, um, play more piano and play more keys. And, uh, y you know, like it helped with my, it helped with my, um, my abilities to orchestrate chords and whatnot. Uh, and, it also got me interested in playing drums, which yeah. I had never really done before. Hell yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, like doing marching band was huge for me. And uh, I met another one of my best friends 
through that experience. His name is Danny Klosser. Uh, Danny, if you're listening, um, shout out. I love you. I'm thinking of you. But uh, it was amazing. And uh, he and I um, were both in the pit together. And uh, yeah, he's like another presence in my life, similar to Joey, um, who's just a person who constantly inspires me. Yeah. And, uh, and I met him through marching band. Yeah. Everybody, um, <laughs> if if you have the chance to join your high school's marching band, please do. Do it. Do it. Do it up. Heck yeah. And, I uh, regret not joining mine. They already had an upright bass player, and I really wanted to play the upright bass, so I was like, fuck it. Dang. You guys had upright bass in your marching band? No, there was like a little jazz ensemble. Ah, very nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also did jazz band. Uh, nice. And I played, I played vibraphone all four years in jazz band, and... That also uh, was very important to me, and yeah, I learned stuff along the way. And were you close to the people in these groups, march band, jazz band? Oh yeah, I mean, um, I was in marching band with Danny. Yeah, and I was in jazz band with Danny and Joey. Mm. Um, you know, like the other, like se- like the other two members of the Stellar Atlas were in jazz band. Yeah. And uh, I met my first my uh, first two girlfriends through marching band. Yeah, it was my it was my primary social scene. Right. You know. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, it was great. What were the relationships like in high school? With who? Uh, any relationships? All relationships? Like the romantic relationships? Yeah, ro- that's what I meant. That's to what say. you mean. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they were they were good. Um, although, like. I think when you're that young and you're having and you're having uh like your first your first um loves and your first uh romances and you don't have a whole lot of perspective on them uh it, it's kind of hard to to really know whether they're good or bad. Yeah. And it was something you were interested in. You were like, yeah, totally. I'm going to be dating. Of course. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like 16 years old. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, of course I was interested in it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, I learned so much from, um, both of those women and, uh, care about them still. And, um, you know, like everything, like they say you can learn something from everybody and everything, and I most certainly did. And both of those relationships contributed greatly to um, how I perceive love and romance now. And um, the second one, my second relationship, like lasted from my senior year in high school, like through to my sophomore year of college. And so that relationship just, transcended uh time and and land like you know we did we did long distance for two years right um because she stayed in colorado and i moved to california yeah and um how was the long distance long distance is um of course of course there are aspects of it that are hard as everybody will tell you yeah but it was totally doable and there were moments that were um incredibly rewarding and when i think back about it some of my fondest memories in that relationship were when we were like a thousand miles away right you know whoa and it's it's interesting because i think 
when you have that much space between you, sometimes it almost feel it felt like you were like trying harder to make things good. You right. Know what I mean, because there's this apparent obstacle to overcome, maybe. Exactly, because you're not immediately in one another's presence. You, um, you know, like you need to put in slightly more effort. Yeah. And you could feel that, and it mm. felt good. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I'm i in full support of, you know, doing long distance. If uh, yeah. any of you listeners uh, are also, you know, like are thinking about it. like There's some people about to join the marching yeah. band and about to start long distance relationships. So about to start right long now. distance <laughs> relationships. <laughs> Just know, guys, in my band. personal opinion, it's totally doable. And, um, you know, yeah. you can work it out and, um, you know, you still generate great times great memories and hell yeah so i'm in full support of that so how was the move to california the move to california well <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> yeah the move to california was probably the um probably the most dramatic change i've ever experienced in my whole life really yes it was my first place uh first time living in a place that was not 510 Ithaca Drive, you know, my house yeah. in Boulder, Colorado. Um, uh, I'm glad you all have my address now. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, go say hi to my parents if you want. <laughs> now you know where they live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I was like the kid who, like, grew up in his, um, in his parents' house and yeah. only ever lived in one home. And that is the house they still live in. Yeah. Uh, to this day. And I had spent 18 years of life there. And uh, when I moved to California, I was like completely uprooted from uh, everything that I had known. Yeah. And found myself in a completely new place surrounded by completely strange people who I knew none of. They, and um, it was like a hard transition, but yeah. a necessary one and a really valuable one. And... <laughs> That that ego that I had been building with Stellar Atlas, feeling like, you know, oh, my God, like, I'm the shit. Like, people at pizza buffets recognize me. Yeah. It, it did not take more than, like, a month for that to be completely and utterly shattered moving to L.A. Yeah. And I could not be more grateful. Yeah. To, to come to L.A., um, to live in a place where so much music is happening, where the music scene is so vast, so huge, where everybody is pursuing uh, the same thing I'm pursuing. Yeah. And the, um, the competition is so real. Yeah. And so intense. Like, I mean, it was intimidating, and it made me look inward. Um, you know, of course, after after I began to rebuild myself <laughs> yeah after i began to rebuild myself like i reevaluated like um how i feel about music and how i feel about um collaboration and right. uh so there was a period when you got here where you're like oh man and you kind of had to reassess oh my goodness yes i mean like uh i was a a member of the music industry program at, right at usc yeah and was surrounded by uh, other people just like me who were songwriters or 
guitarists or drummers who probably all were in their jazz bands and their high school marching bands too and were kicking ass to be honest to to be honest they were kicking ass at what they did and uh i had spent four years thinking like i was the only one right (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) and seeing that was was hard but and necessary because it broke me down it gave me a giant reality check and um after that i was able to say like okay um i think i now like i'm i don't know i mean like to reach that place and to realize like oh i'm not the best was really a healthy experience yeah totally it was i remember like one of the times it happened the hardest too <laughs> was um i was at tommy's place which is uh like one of the one of the one of the campus venues and i was watching aaron childs perform yeah. and uh I, I i don't know if he's ever been on this podcast no but, but he should i'll he, ask him he should be uh yeah i remember i was like watching aaron play and his band is was just like killing and they were so tight and so good and the music was there and the songs were there and not only the music but there was choreography and they were like dancing and i my world exploded i was just like oh my god like yeah i'm not shit <laughs> I was like, whatever I was Whoa. doing in high school, you yeah, know, I was like, not shit. <laughs> so, where did the rebuild come from? The rebuild happened. Um, it happened while I was living in Colorado, actually, because I did two yeah. years at USC. Those were the years that I was doing long distance with my girlfriend of the time. Right. After my sophomore year, I took time off from school and I moved back to Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I didn't move back in uh, with my parents. Uh, I lived in my own spot with my brother. Yeah. What prompted that move? That was prompted, I mean, in part by the shattering of my world. (laughs) (laughs) The shattering of my ego. Right. The the feelings of defeat that I I had uh, in regards to the move to L.A., and uh, I guess, like, I was doubting myself and was questioning whether music was the thing for me. And uh, I think I wanted to explore other parts of my creativity and um, maybe see if there wasn't something else that I'd also be good at or better at. Uh, I had this, like, really romantic idea of becoming a writer when i was when i was like <laughs> a child pre-school of rock era i right. was really curious about becoming an author yeah and uh being like the the like the author who would write like children's books and like illustrate the the pictures and whatnot uh and i guess i was like okay i've done like two years of college and like tried really hard at the music thing like and Maybe maybe it's not for me. Maybe I could uh, explore the writing thing, the author thing. And <laughs> I moved home. Within the first three months of being back, uh, my girlfriend and I broke up, <laughs> which 
brought me down like if i thought i was at rock bottom like before i moved back like that really brought me like to really? rock bottom how did it end if you don't mind me asking it ended through um tumultuous circumstances uh um Gosh, I I um I really don't know how much I should say. Yeah, we don't have to get into there, that at all. Yeah, there um it was definitely it was hard. Yeah, it was hard and um and and um it was one of those things where I I think I had spent a lot of time in that relationship kind of unhappy and not really realizing it. And yeah, we were long distance and we were trying really hard. And uh, most of those memories are like fond. I'm fond of them. But I think um, somewhere deep down, like I, I always kind of was feeling maybe a little unfulfilled. Yeah. And when I got back and like suddenly we were in the same place together, it was like, oh my gosh, it was like, um, it was like we had to relearn our dynamic and right now we were seeing each other all the time and yeah until that moment she was she was somebody that i was used to like speaking with on a daily basis but like we weren't like spending time together like on a daily basis yeah. we weren't like going to the movies and whatnot and um i don't know i think that that transition was difficult yeah and um Trust me, guys, I still believe in long-distance relationships. I know I'm like, it sounds like I'm backtracking right now. <laughs> Other people that just started long-distance relationships just broke up. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, guys, just be aware, like, long-distance is possible. And now but, they're like, getting back together. Yeah, but when, you, but when you, like, come back and you're suddenly in the same city again, There's just, like, be, be ready for a transition. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You, get, you have to, like, relearn your dynamic. Exactly like yeah. when, you, when you move apart. You know, you have to relearn how to like feel intimate and feel I never good thought about that. together. Like it's like when you come back together, then you have to relearn again. You know, how yeah. do I, how, how does this person fit into my life? Yeah. And I think that second transition was just, was just hard for us. Yeah. You know, and we, we didn't figure it out. We like couldn't figure it out. And so we broke up. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. took you down. That was a bummer for you. Yeah. Oh, to yeah, took me down to the ground, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, like, I mean, much much like a like a like a forest, you know, after it burns, you know, like the soil is fertile and new stuff grows. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> after after that relationship, I found myself in a very um, uh, a very uh, good good space for creativity. Um, I suddenly had a lot of time on my hands uh, and a lot of emotions that were like ready to channel into art. Right. And so, uh, I mean, I, I, I tried to take advantage of that as, as much as I could. And was it at this point, was that energy going into writing? Going into songwriting? Or, or it was or, it still or for, or author for, you times. Mean for the author times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, unfortunately, like okay, here's the deal with the author stuff. Like, I ended up getting a job at a bookstore, and I was like, yes, off to a good start. You yeah, know? like I'm bookstore guy. Totally. Yeah, you know? and uh, see, the thing was, I was suddenly back in the same city where like everyone from the Stellar Atlas was. Right. And they were all like, "Dude, you're back in town. Like, let's jam." Totally. And 
of course i was like yeah let's yeah. do it like let's jam and uh Did that reinvigorate the music yeah part of your heart you know like that whole romantic idea about like becoming becoming like the author of children's books you know just completely evaporated yeah like, almost immediately right i like suddenly was uh just like jamming with with the homies again yeah uh, dudes that were just like very um you know important to me and my closest friends in high school it was like um i don't know it was like like let the good times roll like we're all back together yeah you know and so, hell yeah yeah and so like we um we started like a new band right uh, and that band was called captain earth and uh you know it was like dancey uh dancey strokesy uh music and i played keys and yeah helped write the songs and uh we we played around the boulder denver area exactly yeah. like what it, what was happening with stellar atlas back right. in the day and where's joey at this point is joey in captain earth yep heck yep. yeah joey so was he in colorado when you were in california yes and okay. that was also hard right because like you know joey and i like have such a close relationship and uh he's my best friend and so of course being apart for two years was hard and strenuous on our relationship and there were like times when we were apart where like i just felt like we weren't friends anymore yeah or like um like he had forgotten about me or i was forgetting what it was like to um be friends with him right and i craved the 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 closeness that we used to have and the collaboration that we used to do so uh, being back in Colorado, like, and suddenly having the opportunity to do that was, um, was amazing. And it paid off, you know, like we were, uh, writing songs for Captain Earth and, uh, <laughs> we, you know, like we did like a, a quote unquote, like tour of the West coast, <laughs> which essentially was just like coming to LA and playing like two terrible shows and then like going back to Boulder. Yeah. You know, but like we felt awesome. We felt like yeah. kings. We yeah. Were, we were just like it's a conquest. We rule the world, you know. Yes. Amazing. You know? Yeah. And uh uh like towards the end of that year, I started having thoughts about moving back to California just because um I was feeling a lot better than I had about music. Mm. Um, you know, like I hate to, I hate to um, speak about Captain Earth as though it was some sort of like stepping stone for me, but it definitely um, reignited some of my passion and faith in myself. Yeah. Uh, that like, I can accomplish the things that I am passionate about. And yeah. Like there are like, I can, I can accomplish my goals. Yeah. And, um, confidence. <clears throat> so I was like, you know what? Like I am going to go back to California and I'm going to like do it up. I'm going to finish school and you know, I'm going to still be a rock star one day after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so how long were you in Colorado for in total? Like the second time year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I moved back in like June of 2013. Right. And, uh, and then in like August of 2014, uh, I was like coming back to LA. Right. Mm -hmm. And had you started dating again 
before leaving Colorado? Post breakup? Um, I I don't I don't know if like dating. I mean, uh I went I went like a long time just being by myself. Yeah. Um but yeah, like it was like towards the end of that summer that I like started putting myself out there again right. and um you know, like trying to meet people and whatnot. Yeah. And that also felt really good. And, yeah. Uh, so you've overcome this this heartbreak and this this uh this music anxiety and you're heading back to California. Oh yeah. You Hell know, yeah. It's a new me. Yeah. Al's back in town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like coming back? Coming back was uh amazing. You know, and uh like coming back to LA was the start of what is my current life. Yeah. Uh, I almost immediately started playing in uh, one of uh, my friends' bands, Tambourines. And uh, the two songwriters of Tambourines are Miles West and Juan Uribe, who are uh, enormous inspirations on me and spectacular friends of mine. And... uh, the the stuff that they were doing uh while I was in Captain Earth was just mind blowing. They released mm. an A-side B-side with two, uh with a uh, uh the A-side was called Daisy. Uh the B-side is called Virtuoso and I remember like when I first heard Daisy and heard the music of Tambourines, I was just like, "Oh my god, like please like let me be part of this." Mm. And uh <laughs> I was just like hoping that they would ask me to like yeah be part of it somehow. Um Juan and I had like collaborated a little bit before um back before I like, you know, came back to Colorado. He and I were roommates. Okay. So and that's how you met these guys. That's so how I LA guys. Yeah, that's how okay. I knew Juan and uh yeah, like within the first month that I was back in LA, they hit me up to jam and it was like a dream come true. Yeah. I was like this is amazing yeah and uh i was at the first i was at um like um some of the the, those first tambos rehearsals uh they were still looking for like a bassist and um oh yeah back backtracking one sec uh when i came back to la joey moved with me okay i was gonna ask about that joey joey did um three years at uh cu denver he was a recording arts major uh, with like an emphasis in guitar, he did three years there, and after his third year, he um, he left school and moved to LA. And uh, we weren't roommates. Uh, he had his own spot, but like we were seeing each other all the time and uh, working on music all the time. Hell yeah! And when Tambourines was like, "Hey, we we need a bassist," I was like, "I know the perfect." guy yeah and that was joey yeah so like joey and i just like made this uh this this pilgrimage west and uh joined this dope band yeah Uh, and like i was pretty i was pretty convinced at that time that tambourines was going to fucking explode like excuse my language but i was hey (laughs) hey of course i'm joking (laughs) And, um, you know, like I still have enormous yeah. faith in, uh, in those songs and, uh, Miles's songwriting and Juan's songwriting. I, I, I seriously believe in it. Um, we mm. have not yet exploded, but our time will come. Yeah. Our time will come. Hell yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, 
uh, like success aside, I mean, it was just so fulfilling to um, be playing in a project that I believed in uh, and uh, with people that I care about. That was excellent, you know? And uh, it just did, it was, it was wonderful and helped build my confidence even more. Yeah. And then, ha-has. Yes. And um, so, Tambourines is very much the project of Miles and Juan. Right. And Family Ha-Has is uh, the project of me and Joey. Yeah. And uh, so those two bands were always working side by side. Uh, Tambourines had like a little more um, traction and kind of had like we had our stuff together a little bit more than Ha-Has. We had had, like a whole ensemble, like a full band with like five people and we were rehearsing on a regular basis. And for uh, that first year back in LA, like Family Ha-Has was just like me and Joey writing together at Joey's apartment. Yeah. And uh, just like making beats and whatnot. And, uh, you know, like we'd like go into the USC piano practice rooms and work on stuff there, but we didn't have a band. It was just the two of us, just like two dudes writing tunes. And, uh, Hell yeah. you know, like it took us, it took us a while to, to, to get an ensemble. And over the years, like Haha's has had, um, different people coming in and out playing yeah. with us. But, um, in my opinion, like it's, it will always be Haha's if, if there's me and Joey. Right. You know, yeah. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you guys, you're making records. You're doing things. We're trying. Yeah. We're trying. How's it been, the LA music experience with that band? How's that been? It has been, it has been good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, um, once again, you know, like when you are playing shows around LA and meeting people and stuff and like you feel like you're in the trenches or whatever like it can be hard to sort of like zoom out and view your your progress in the big picture and kind of identify where on the trajectory you actually are yeah um and you know like i'm i'm not sure where haha's is going um and uh so therefore it's kind of like hard to to um quantify our success thus far right but um being being a part of the la scene is is wonderful i really love it um i love all the people that i've met through my music uh i love going to shows and supporting my friends um i love it if people come out and see me and support me um most of uh my community uh you know our community uh are other musicians and that's cool it's um it's excellent to be surrounded by uh like-minded people who um want to help you and um want your help yeah that's validating yeah. in in its own way too um i really love it yeah I think with um with everything like there is 
like uh like the light side and the dark side yeah um you know it's like there are parts of uh being a musician in la that i really don't like yeah um uh you know like one of them being which is sort of like <laughs> the flip side of being around like-minded people is um the mar- like la is saturated with yeah. so many people and it can be really hard to um break through the noise yeah uh, it can be really hard to feel like like y- like it's hard to feel like you're being noticed. Yeah. You know, there are moments that it sort of feels like screaming into a canyon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like definitely like, and no one can hear you yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but those are the things that I, I try not to focus on. Right. Um, I try mostly to focus on, um, like what can I do to, um, uh, help the people around me and, how can I um, uh, find ways to stay happy and stay fulfilled? And um, that's what I try to focus on. Yeah. One thing that you said to me when we first started hanging out was like that any sort of creative endeavor is ultimately a war of attrition. Yeah. That has always like rung true in my mind and <laughs> <laughs> found very inspiring. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I think that sentiment you know, like, I think there's an element of truth to it. Like, when I'm hearing my own words come back to me, right. they, like, definitely sound, like, a little pessimistic. <laughs> you know, like, it's wow. funny, because I Back and I had no idea I was <laughs> such a pessimist. <laughs> no, I heard it as such an optimistic thing, you know, of just, like, just keep keep doing it, you know? Totally. And just um, kind of, there was, there was, like, a relentless sort of, uh, I don't know, I felt very, like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Like, don't get bummed if your one song doesn't freaking... <laughs> You know, blow up or something. Well, I'm so <laughs> I'm so pleased that um that you interpreted you interpreted my words uh you know well and you interpreted them positively. That makes yeah. me feel good. Yeah, no, it helped. Yeah, and um I think I think that is true. Um to a certain extent it it is a war of attrition and the older that uh you get and the further down the career path you go like the harder like the longer you spend working on music the longer people spend working on music like people will start giving up you know and that's fine you know and that's good you know it means that they have realized this isn't for me and they're off to go find the thing that is for them right you know um and like the, the flip side of that is like it also just means that um you know, they're um, the way is clear, clearer for the other people who who remain. And yeah, um, you know, like I don't know if that's the best way to like think of it because it sort of sounds like a per- that sort of sounds like a person's success is due to other, other people people's giving failure, up, you know, other <laughs> people's failure, <laughs> which is not necessarily how I like to think about it. Right, but I, I feel like especially in like the alt indie space, it's like much like more consistent smaller steps than these huge giant leaps you know totally um i i like to imagine that when i said that to you i was probably just thinking that um i think what i was probably trying to say is like 
don't give up like it'll yeah. just like it'll get easier like yeah you know, like the longer you spend doing it it'll be easier and yeah that'll be in part due to other people realizing you know hey yeah. i'm gonna go do something else yeah hell yeah you that's know? what i took it as good yeah. good i'm so glad yeah <laughs> man so you also make clothes which is kind of how we first started hanging out that's how true. did that start uh that started uh uh that started one one christmas break yeah what do i say seamster taylor seamstress um sewist sewist yeah i Heck believe yeah. is the um is the actual term nice sewist uh, cool. yeah I'm, I'm an amateur sewist <laughs> And uh, I I learned from my mom, who yeah. uh, has taught me so many things over the years. Uh, she helped with my music, um, you know, back when I was watching her at the library or the farmer's market or whatever, um, up until, like, she taught me how to rip a seam, you know, and, like, taught me... Um, uh how to thread a bobbin and stuff like that and uh uh i think this all this this interest in sewing all came from um uh, one piece of clothing that i saw a friend of mine wearing um uh i think i think you know uh you know vanessa she's friends with jess vanessa batica yeah 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 um yeah i uh, was hanging out with Vanessa and she was wearing this awesome jumpsuit. Yeah. And it was like this light blue jumpsuit that had like this like flowy pattern on it. Yeah. And I remember we were hanging out at the last bookstore in like downtown LA and she just looked so fly. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, I want to look that fly. Yeah. And like I could spend months looking for a jumpsuit like that or i could just make one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? And like i was home for for christmas and um yeah. like i had some extra time on my hands and my mom it does this thing oh my gosh every year she does this thing where she she makes, makes you pajamas. She makes pajamas. I remember this. She makes christmas jammies by hand every year for the whole rogers family yeah and keep in mind i have three siblings so there are like six of us yeah and like over the years like my like my sister and my older brother are both married and uh my brother joseph has like a long-term girlfriend and so as we've all gotten older my mom has had to make more jammies <laughs> every year like a new pair of jammies like every year yeah and so i think like like she's making like 10 pairs a year and uh i saw her, like her working on the jammies and i was like mom teach me like, yeah i want to know a useful task a useful art something that i can do with my hands that like it is just like it's simple work that's really rewarding and beneficial and um i think it's different from music in a in in a way because uh, like with music, it's like not always clear what the reward is or the reward itself isn't very tangible. But with sewing, it's like I can make a piece of clothing and then I put it on and I wear it. Yeah. And I feel good. And like on the off chance that someone compliments it, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. 
I, I made, made this. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like that is being able to, to say that is like the coolest thing. Yeah. You know? So it's very clear to me what the reward um, what the reward is for sewing. Yeah. And um, that that break, uh, I told my mom, like, I want to make this jumpsuit. And she laughed because it was such an ambitious project. <laughs> like making a jumpsuit is like not only it's like it's like making a shirt and pants and then finding a way to sew them together. Right. And like it was it was it was very ambitious. And my mom was like, well, I guess this is the perfect opportunity to like kind of learn it all. Yeah. And uh, uh, I like started this jumpsuit and uh it took me it took me almost the whole break to do it but by the end i had this like fire jumpsuit and is that the red one it's the red one yeah, yeah. The, the og the og yeah. a-rod's jumpsuit so i saw you wearing that at the haha show that we played together uh yeah or my I band the no- oh no i think i played as a solo act that night that's right. I think that was at the hi hat. Yes. And yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. If my memory serves me right, uh, I was wearing I was wearing the red jumpsuit. Yeah. Made by hand. Uh, I made it. I made it from a woman's pattern. Uh, yeah. And so the fit the fit was like you know not quite right. Yeah. And uh, you know like the the collar like flares out in in this uh uniquely feminine way right you know that like made it just like an interesting piece of clothing to wear for yeah. me and yeah um, i still wear that all the time yeah hell yeah you know it like kind of became my like haha's alter ego right you know? it was yeah like when Your we Superman were playing costume. the show it was like out comes the jumpsuit yeah you know it's time for the jumpsuit yeah and yeah. Uh, i mean i love it and um i've since made uh i've since made um a jumpsuit for you yeah uh, hell yeah that I've, was such a fun thing to do you know yeah like we went to the fabric district and like picked out the fabric like that was a whole shebang it was so cool to see that from start to finish man and then at the end like get a thing that was made for me like wow that was cool man <laughs> i'm really glad i'm really glad that uh you got something out of it you yeah. got something tangible yeah it's in my closet it's right there dude oh my gosh yeah. yes maybe afterwards <laughs> maybe afterwards you'll have to throw it on yeah honestly i'm really <laughs> offended you didn't answer the door wearing the jumpsuit mac <laughs> 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 and why do you think i made it for you in the first place <laughs> come on it's all i wear I promise. But uh, you know, like that was that was I mean, I really enjoyed making it for you yeah. and uh I've had people approach me since then uh and also say like are you taking orders? Yeah. And uh I mean, I guess like, you know, the answer is yes. Yeah. yeah I'm always taking orders. Yeah. Um I I will never <laughs> I will never charge anyone as low as I charged you again. <laughs> but I appreciate it. But um I mean, hell yeah. If y'all want a jumpsuit, hit me up. Yeah. Hit me up. I got the means. I got the material. You know, we'll customize it to whatever you want, uh, and you're going to love it. Yeah. It's a little sales pitch right Is there an email people can hit you at? Hit me up at alex.michael.rogers at gmail.com. We'll talk about that jumpsuit. How are we spelling Michael? M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Cool. Standard Michael. Standard Michael. Love Standard Michael. Great. Standard Alex, Standard Rogers. Um, oh yeah, Rogers is a tricky one too. R O G E R S. Cool. Not messing around with R O D G. None of that D shit. Nah, 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 nah. Cool.
ROG ERS. It's definitely like an awkward thing pricing something. Like as I've started to produce songs for people, you like are so excited to make a thing and someone's going to pay you for it. You're like, what? And so there's this really, you're like, oh my God, like I want to throw a number out that's low enough so they'll let me do it. And then you do it and then you realize how much work it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, if I don't price this right, I'm going to be hating this person this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Absolutely. 100%. And um, I think that that, that principle um, exists in music as well. Yeah. yeah. I ran into a situation recently um, uh, where I, I approached somebody um, to work on their project with them. Yeah. You know, and it's like a project that I'm like passionate about that I, um, I want to be a part of. Right. Um, but like to be completely frank, like I, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm at a, at a, a, p- a place uh, in my career where I don't want to be working for free. Yeah. You know, and knowing how to maneuver that situation, which is like multifaceted, like it's, it's got a professional aspect. It's got, it has a social aspect. Yeah. Knowing how to be like, Hey, I want to do this for you. Yeah. Also, can you pay me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like knowing totally. how to, um, to, to introduce that conversation in music is where you, difficult. You're usually working with your friends too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's like, you know, another thing that I think is kind of unsavory about um, music that is done at our level is um, uh, people doing things for free and then expecting other people to do stuff for free for them right. because they also do stuff for free. Yeah. You know, and it's like, this industry that's run on favors that yeah. uh you know it's like oh none of us are making money so it's like no problem right you know and, and people that are like shocked that you ask or something you know yeah and like um i've been i've been on the receiving end of that of course you know? yeah. like i had um you know somebody hit me up to uh um you know do visuals um for like a show i was playing and uh they were like, um, Hey, I like really want to do visuals. Um, can you pay me? You know? And to be honest, anyone that I, um, work with, like if I can pay them something, yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, same, you know, the person goes a long way. Yeah. Like we hired somebody to write like a bio for family haha's and like, you know, um, his name is James Hahn. He's a friend of mine and an incredible writer. Uh, and, uh, I was familiar with his writing and I asked him to do the family haha's bio because I like him and I like yeah. his writing. Uh, and, and it's a really rewarding thing to be able to compensate artists for their work. You yeah, know? completely. And As I felt an like he deserved that likes it. Getting compensated for his work, you know? Completely. And, yeah. um, you know, like I have mad respect for. Um, uh, friends of mine like Sapphire Jewel. Yeah. Uh, the the songwriter of the band Racket. Yeah. And she's also like a virtuosic guitarist. Uh, she uh, pays all the members of her band uh, for every show they play. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. And such a hip move for yeah. someone at our level. Totally. Um, it like shows me that she takes herself seriously yeah and also really values what you do right yeah you know and like that is so um 
so amazing. And then everyone brings their A game, you know, and is like, you don't feel weird like going back and forth with somebody being like trying to get, then you can get lost in the process and not worried that anybody's getting taken advantage of, you know? Yeah, I really appreciate that gesture that she does. And, um, you know, like, like <laughs> it's one of those things where like sometimes like I feel bad, you know, like, yeah. you know, it like it like makes me like if we have a bad show, I'm like, oh, man, like Sapphire, like like she's out like like 200 bucks or like yeah. something like that. But um, I think on that side by that same principle, it like pushes me to work harder. And like you said, bring my A game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, totally, and man. not only that it inspires me to um, just like keep giving back. Uh, yeah and pay people when i can yeah because uh art is a valuable thing that has worth and people who make it should be compensated yeah 100 percent. yeah totally especially when you just think about the number of hours you know oh my goodness yeah and so it's really nice to um like th- that can be such a source of tension especially when working among friends and things like and I think there was a period of time like a couple of years ago where I thought it was like really unsexy to talk about money in that kind of specific way. Yes. But I've, <laughs> but I've really like really totally as I've started to to pay people for things and, and uh, ask to be paid for things like it is so nice to have a very clear upfront conversation about like, hey, I want to do this for this much. And, uh, w- you know, what do it you really think? is. <laughs> and then you can like not worry about it again you know as opposed to having this sort of looming thing yeah. and haggling or you know people trying to take advantage of you or something or yeah totally or and feeling like guilty for asking someone to do something you know mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. you don't have to if you you know if you are upfront about it yeah and to kind of elaborate on um something that you just said about uh uh it being strange when this is all happening between friends yeah because um you're you're absolutely right that like some time sometimes when you like ask your friend for money like yes that is super weird but i've also had it the other way around where like the fact that i paid somebody something or i was paid something actually was made made it be less weird because it was like yo like i put all this work in right uh and i came away with something yeah as opposed to like I did all this work, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, an example of this is, like, I'm, like, mixing a song for somebody, you know, yeah. I finish the mix, I give it to them, and they're, like, I don't like this, we don't want to release this, and it's, like, okay, well, I just, like, spent, like, you know, uh, like, yeah. all these hours mixing this for free, yeah, uh, and, like, now, like, the song won't be released for me, you know, to, like, even, t- even like, brag to my friends about it, Yeah, you know? totally. But, like, you know, if I, like, came away with 50 bucks, and it's, like, hey, I yeah. got 50 bucks. Yeah. Know, like, <laughs> like, sweet. I yeah. 50 bucks. Exactly, man. And mm-hmm. I think it, like, I, my old sort of fear of it getting weird actually made it more weird. And it is far less weird to have the clear conversations, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, big picture, though, um, to boil everything that we've just talked about down, uh, art is good, art is valuable, art should be rewarded. The people yeah. who make art should be rewarded for their time. Yeah, Venmo me, everyone. Venmo me, yeah. <laughs> if y'all want to make a donation to the Alex Rogers Artistic Pursuits Fund, please do. Yeah. Any any amount will be greatly appreciated. Heck yeah, man. So any relationship since you've been back to LA? How has that been? You mean like romantic relationships? Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
Um, yes, uh, I I have um, I have uh, been on the scene, as they say, and um, yeah, I because um, uh, meeting people, as I'm realizing, out of college is strange, and and like I'm like, oh, where do I meet people now? <laughs> you know, totally. Um, and you know, I think when you are in school, uh, you're surrounded by people all the time who are your age and uh, share similar interests and which makes it sort of like a natural place to um, yeah. to meet somebody special and live in that grad life. Uh, you know, like you, uh, you don't have that same sense of community. Right. Um, so yeah, you meet people, you meet people through uh, different ways. Um, you know, like uh, I'm on, I'm on the interwebs. I'm yeah. on, the tinders the bumbles you know that's that is one way yeah um yeah have you gone on successful dates through those things yeah i have actually Heck yeah. uh, i feel like i feel as though uh i feel as though dating apps don't get enough credit mm. you know i'm gonna like just make us make a stand for dating yeah. apps right no now. it's very easy and fun to just like shit on dating apps yeah and i think it's a common thing too yeah um for people to talk about tinder or bumble as though it's sort of like a last resort yeah. like oh i can't meet someone the old-fashioned way or like the right way right you know like i can't meet someone the right way so i'm gonna like resort to this yeah and join the scum you know? <laughs> and join the scum on tinder you know like, i think that is sort of like a sentiment yeah that i am familiar with and that For i've heard sure. a lot yeah and one that i don't necessarily subscribe to right uh yeah i have um um, you know, I, I appreciate, um, Tinder and, uh, Bumble and I think it's an excellent way to, uh, get yourself out there yeah. and, um, meet people, um, whether for romantic purposes or, um, yeah. you know, for friendship purposes, uh, being social is a good thing. And um, what a what a world we live in that uh, that you can interact with people like from your phone. Yeah. Uh, in in that way. Do you have any tips? I'm I'm not killing it on the apps. Oh my god! Trying to Smackin'. step up my apps well, game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like I let me share some wisdom with you. <laughs> I want to know, like, what is what is your uh, your first your first photo like in your in dude. your Tinder profile? Oh, no, because okay. that first photo is it's pretty it. it's important. Everything. It's yeah, everything. Dude, that's the thing I realized. I don't have any nice photos of myself because most of the photos that I take, I'm making a silly face. So when I, when I went to look for. But is it like a cute, silly face? Yeah, but I mean, like, very rarely am I making like a, like a genuine, like, here's what I look like smile. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always like, LOL type of face. Yeah, um, like some like the the like tongue out, like one winky emoji, one eye winking emoji. <laughs> like, it's just sort of the human version of that. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot of goofy photos. So I was like, looking through my photos, I was like, oh, dude, I don't have nice photos. <laughs> you yeah. know? I don't have like, please date me photos. <laughs> I know, man. It's like any time that I, for whatever reason, like I'm trying to like revamp my yeah. uh, my Tinder profile, it's like, you know, cues the, uh, the process of like trying to find like the best photos of myself right. i can like like stalking all of my friends's facebooks and instagram right. just like Kinda trying find to find one. like one photo of yeah. me where i looked rad and then i feel like such a poser because i'm like i'm trying so hard to trick this person i know i know 
Yeah, and like, like, shouldn't I just be able to like hypothetically throw up whatever garbage photos, and the person of my dreams will just be attracted to me anyway? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, like, but you got to put the, your best foot forward. That's the hope, <laughs> you know. Like, it, you know, like, I think the goal should be like, you should put your honest fo- foot forward. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, God yeah, yeah. Bid you like tricks you 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 show you god forbid like someone thinks you're someone that you're not right you know or thinks you look a certain way only to find out you don't so you're saying i should take down the professional model photos that i hired and post it on my tinder profile yeah poses me yeah cool cool please please take those all right that's not you mac (laughs) cool sounds good well all right yeah fair enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um you know like i um i am uh as a like a believer in dating apps and i think that's a completely viable way to meet someone um i met someone recently um on instagram of all things yeah uh and uh it was so interesting uh you know like the way it all went down uh like i literally like noticed that somebody had been liking my photos a lot recently like like a total stranger and i was like who is this and she ended up like dming me once or twice like responding to a story i had posted or whatever and i was like who is this person and i ended up like dming her and i was like hey um thanks for liking all my stuff not to sound rude but do I know you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she was like, uh, hey, no, sorry. Like, I was just creeping, you know, like, but, uh, like, I, I know you, like, through your music, um, or, like, I know about you through your music. And Hell yeah. just, like, followed you, and, you know... I don't know. It was sort of like the, uh, the, the digital version of, uh, someone, like, bumping your elbow at the pizza buffet. And, yeah! You know what I'm saying? Like... That's cool. Like, oh, you're Alex? Yeah, from family hahas. You yeah. know, it was like that, and um, you know, like uh, and like she and I are still talking. Yeah, you know, hell yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just like I think what what social media has has done, like what is possible uh with social media today is incredible, and uh, and amazing. Mm. The fact that like I mean I like have met this person that i speak to uh yeah who, and like it, i'll be honest like it's also strange too because it's For like sure. like she and i talk a lot but it's like i've not like met her in person right you know and so it's like i think i know you well enough that i definitely want to meet you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but um it's amazing so i guess like going back to your original question um you know like have there been have there been relationships yeah you know since coming back to la like yes um and i've had i've had one serious relationship um uh that lasted for about a year as well um my third um serious girlfriend yeah and um you know that was um uh an important experience for me as well yeah and um so yeah I'm dating. Yeah. I'm out there. I'm out there, people. I'm glad. Heck yeah, man. So you're also producing, you said, as we were talking before the podcast. I sure am. How's that? Is this kind of your first venture producing someone else or no? I'd say it's my, um, it's my, yeah, it is my first real experience um, taking, um, 
working working one on one with an artist. Um, for for those of you who are curious, her name is Erin um, Ann. She's an excellent songwriter, a wonderful person, a great guitarist, and uh, I approached her because I had heard her music, and I just said, um, "Hey, uh, like I would love to work with you." and collaborate and do something together and so she and i are working on a nine track record together and um she wrote all the music um played guitar played uh bass sang on on it and uh like uh programmed drums and uh, like the the thing that she made was incredible and awesome and when i came onto the project my my initial goal was like hey have you ever thought about doing these with acoustic drums like tracking live drums on these if so like i would love to yeah to track them with you i would love to play the drum parts you know i would love to do this together and um she thought that sounded rad and it quickly turned into uh like a more ambitious a more ambitious project where she was like, I would love to retrack a lot of the stuff that I did on yeah. these songs. And so like, we're basically just like starting from scratch. Yeah. Um, you know, and like the two of us are doing it up. I had a rehearsal with her right before I came over here. Yeah. You know? Shout sick, out Aaron. Man. I love you. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Um, this is definitely, uh, the most ambitious thing I have uh, done with an artist that is not myself. Right. Um, I've mixed for other bands before. Um, I've uh, like co-written with other people before. I've like uh, collaborated on like beat tapes and stuff with people. Uh, and on all those projects, like you know, I've done production. But this one is is unique in that it's like we have a record. Yeah, we're like we're working on it, and Hell it's yeah. great. You know, that's sick, man. Yeah, that's super cool. I love that too. Like before we started, um, before we started recording, like you know, we were having a conversation in the kitchen, and um, there's something so that I love so much about working with someone else's art. You know, and yeah, uh, yeah once again, without sounding boisterous, uh, I. I feel that I that I have a, I have a a skill for identifying like the best parts yeah. of of someone's um music and being like oh my gosh like this this is this is what we should be doing yeah you know and what a lovely thing to feel like you have something to offer you know be like it, yeah. oh yo I can do this you know yeah that's cool it, it is a good feeling <laughs> you know and like it's so easy to like you know look at something someone else is doing and be like. Yes, that's it. Let's go with that. Let's work on like that thing. Let's hone in on this idea. Right. Uh, and make this as good as it can be. And like all this other stuff is secondary. Like we don't have to do this, you know, like let's just focus on the good stuff and do that. And yeah. um, that's one of the best parts about Family Haha's too is um, that Joey, Joey is that person for me. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm so... Sometimes I'm so close to my own music um, that I uh, I can't see the big picture, you know, or like I'm so in love with this idea, right? That I uh, that I uh, 
like I'm I'm so in love with the idea of how something sounds or might right. sound yeah. that like I'm just tone deaf to it in right. in reality where yeah. it's like oh like I didn't realize that sounded like shit because <laughs> I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world that we tracked this whole thing with yeah. it, without a bass you know right. <laughs> like, yeah 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 you know, that's and that's not just an example that is a legitimate thing no totally you know, like I it's really wacky to try to have that objectivity and be the artist at the same time and kind of be jumping back and forth in front of the camera totally you know yeah and that business about tracking without a bass is real too yeah like (laughs) i remember uh there was a period of time where like i uh i had this like idea where i was like what if we tracked like a whole album but instead of using like a bass guitar we just tracked it with like synth bass Mm -hmm. i was like this is gonna be so cool it's gonna be like indie rock but with synth bass you know as though i was like the first person to like think of that (laughs) you know and like and i thought there was like something like really like like rock and roll about it too you know like you know metaphorically speaking because like one one compliment that that family hahas has received in the past is like your bass lines are like really cool uh and so i was like yeah like wouldn't it be dope if we like took that thing that everyone loves and like just like ditched it ditched it you know i like thought that that was like really hardcore yeah you know and then like i don't know i just like built this idea up in my mind and right. we like got to work on this like baseless record <laughs> and then like all the songs were super weird and like weren't fitting right and joey was like dude like like w- 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 put the bass back <laughs> like like i don't know why why you're like on this trip right with, like wanting no bass but like dog let's just like play a fucking bass <laughs> like here's a bass write a bass line right you know? and like the beauty um, of a partner you know it was like it was a good experiment but like i really owe it to joey for uh setting me back on the straight and narrow yeah i uh you know i learned something i learned something from uh trying to write all my songs without a bass and uh like i said earlier like you learn something from everything you gotta go down those detours yeah you know yeah Super i went necessary. down this like uni- this unique rabbit hole and like there there was some uh there was some fruit to be to be harvested from that yeah like, um i found myself like writing parts that i never would have written on a bass guitar right you totally know? man yeah. yeah and some of them were like really interesting yeah you know ultimately bass would have sounded way better but you know, <laughs> like, still it was like a challenging rewarding experience yeah and you to know? come at it from a different angle totally and yeah. i think that um exercises like that can be good uh to some extent um yeah one of my um one of my um i don't know someone i look up to a lot uh james murphy uh from lcd sound system uh he he did an interview where he was talking about how when he works on an album sometimes he'll just be like okay this album is going to be made with this drum machine and mm. we're going to use only sounds from like this drum machine and that is how we will achieve like a cohesive sound right. and stuff and even though there might be like a thousand other drum machines that we like could use like you know or like use a different drum machine for every song you know like like imposing a limitation on yourself in that right. way can often generate like 
some of the most interesting thoughts, almost like, like yeah. the rhyme scheme of a poem. Right. You know, totally. where it's like sometimes like having to um, adhere to this, uh, to this limitation where like now you're not allowed to use any word you want. You have to pick a word that rhymes with this other word. Um, it makes you think of something really interesting. Yeah. And I totally. think it's the same way. Yeah. With drum machines. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it's not like, oh man, because I have to rhyme, I can't really say what I want to say, you know? Like, oh, it's because of the rhyme that I actually found the truth, you know? That's always yeah. the sickest when that happens. Yeah, it's be- <laughs> yeah, yeah. because of the rhyme, uh, I thought of something cooler to say. Yeah, that's. I always have to, like, challenge myself to ask that question. Like, am I saying this because it rhymes? <laughs> or, like, w- or did I find the thing I needed to say that also rhymed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. Or for does sure. this line not need to rhyme? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's a that's a creative decision that lots of people make too. You yeah, know, man. like just doing something because uh it like it doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, that's uh and I think that's what I thought I was doing <laughs> with the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. It's like this does not make any it's sense Im- and important. that's why it's genius. That sounds like a a true artist sort of exploring to me, you know. That doesn't sound like a misstep. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, it's good to hear someone refer to me <laughs> as a true artist. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do you not think of yourself as that? Mm-hmm. I, it's like, I owe it all. I owe it all to Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Dude, what are you listening to these days? Any recommendations for the friends out there? Ooh. Do you not want to give the secrets Ooh. away? No, I mean, I have no secrets, none whatsoever. I'm all about sharing music. Yeah. You know, I'm all about, you know, uh, Telling people exactly what I'm listening to, I I love to be that person who yeah. like showed that person this thing. Yeah, you know, like um, yeah. I mean, like I'll hear stories about like DJs who like scratched off uh, the names of their right. records so that yeah. like people can't look over their shoulder and like see what beat they're spinning. Yeah, you know, I don't buy into that. It, you know, it's yeah. like I want Me people too. to know exactly. Yeah. Like, Cause like share, share. Yeah. Share, yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, okay. What am I listening to? Um, I guess these days, um, one record that, um, uh, I've been, uh, spinning quite a bit is lush. The new snail mail album. Yeah. That is a good one. Um, uh, Snail Mail is a new young artist, and uh, her music is uh, excellent. She's a guitarist. Uh, I can't remember where she's from. Yeah, but uh, she's she's dope. And uh, the Snail Mail stuff has been uh, inspirational for me and uh, my my my. Uh, my head going forward with Aaron Ann. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, um, I think I'm, I'm doing a deep dive on like car seat headrest right now. Yeah. Uh, I love car seat headrest. Uh, Will Toledo is just a, a fearless songwriter. Yeah. And I have, we have the same birthday. Really? Yeah. He's, he's older, but we, share the same birthday when's the birthday what's the birthday? august 23rd Ooh. shout out will toledo let's be friends that's coming up man yeah man. that's coming up we're gonna hang out it's gonna be cool me and him yeah <laughs> yeah you and will you can have a joint birthday party oh yeah it's yes. cool yeah. i love it we're gonna do it on npr it's gonna be a whole thing i think probably my favorite thing with car seat headrest is um i, I think he's uh unafraid to 
really take one idea to the max right. and push it to the limit where um he'll write a he'll write a eight minute punk tune yeah and uh <laughs> it's blazing fast from yeah. top to bottom yeah you know but like like the lyrics will just be this this manifesto of uh wit and yeah and uh uh i mean his his lyrics are just on point and really interesting and feel relevant to someone like myself in their mid twenties. Yeah, hell um, yeah. I think he also makes like interesting um, decisions with his voice. Yeah. Um, where like if you really pay attention, I mean, like, like once you kind of like listen past the layers and layers of distortion, you know, like all yeah. over the car seat headrests catalog. Like a lot of that is just his voice, like his voice singing lead. And then like other voices, like singing backups, like, you know, off in the distance. And then right. he'll have uh, like, like a guitar solo, like pans to the right. And then he'll be singing the guitar solo, like on the left, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, and it's just like so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he kind of does like, you know, like, I mean, like right now might not be like the best moment to like cite Kanye, but um, he, do he does the Kanye thing where um, Kanye had has this philosophy that the human voice is like the ultimate instrument. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why like so many Kanye songs just have like layers and layers and layers of vocals and uh, harmonies and vocal samples you yeah. know like that he's like pulled from random places um and i think yeah with car seat headrest it's like he uses his voice all over those records mm. and it's lit yeah it's awesome you know and i think that hearing that much of one person's voice it's like it's humanizing yeah you know it's totally it feels intimate yeah i love car seat headrest um uh i um been listening a lot to um paul simon's first record uh like the the paul simon songbook oh um, okay i know yeah I, okay which uh I, I don't know what the deal with that is is yeah. it actually like his first album i don't because i was i was literally talking about this today um i'm not sure like because i think i think so i think i don't know what's on that record because i don't know that record very well mm -hmm. but I, w I was always confused i was like oh is that like a compilation or is that his first record and then, because then there's the one with him in the parka mm -hmm. the, that's called just Paul Simon, right? But is that his second solo record? I don't know. Actually, we need like uh, like a music historian to help yeah. us get to the bottom of this. But Who knows, like, man, uh, yeah, with the Paul Simon songbook, it's like um, all of the all of those tunes uh, that would ultimately become like Simon and Garfunkel hits. It's got the leaves that are green. It's got uh, I Am A Rock. It has Kathy's song. And uh, it's all just solo performances of of those of those classic tunes. And it's just oh, Paul, okay. Paul with yeah. his guitar right. singing by himself. And yeah. Um, yeah, listening, like the experience is so intimate and so vulnerable. And uh, mm. I love it. Hell yeah. You know, so, so I've been listening to that a lot yeah, lately. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. I don't know that record. But maybe it's like a so so is it like a solo kind of retrospective? Um I'm I'm not sure what you mean by that, but it's like he's playing all the songs like from his whole career up until that point. 
Yeah, it's got to be like he had those songs all written and recorded them. And then uh, I think that Simon and Garfunkel re-recorded them okay. and like really did them up. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure the Paul Simon songbook predates the first Simon and Garfunkel record. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And so cool. I think it was like he had those songs and then uh, like redid them with Simon and Garfunkel. Right. Don't don't cite me on that, guys. Yeah. Like, someone, if you know the truth with the Paul Simon songbook, please I gotta look this up because I think the Green on Parker one is like his first. Like, yeah, this like, is Paul si- uh, Simon and Garfunkel is over. I'm Paul Simon now. Right. This is hey. that was like his first endeavor as like right. look at me now. I'm a solo artist. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Got For it. Sure. I'll look this up. You should. Yeah. We should get out. to the bottom of it. <laughs> There's no way to know. Too yeah. bad. The internet isn't real. Bottom line is, it's like the songwriting is. I. I, I it's a waste of time to sit here and just talk about how amazing Paul Simon is. Like everyone knows like, yeah, he's just the greatest. And I love, he's just so weird. Like he is the weirdest songwriter ever. And he's just like transcendent, you know, like he's like, anywhere in the world you go. Like, yes, he's revered, you know? Yes. And one of and my, he's so fucking weird. <laughs> He's yeah, he, it's inspiring, inspiring, <laughs> inspiring. You know, I'm sure that he probably like tried to record a song without a bass once or twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like there's something like, like I think my, what, what the most telling thing is like when I can identify like oh my god like that person's songs are incredible is when you can do them, in any arrangement. And yeah. if, if you if if you just strip everything back, right? So it's just chords and melody. Yeah, you know, and it still sounds amazing. It's right. like, damn, you did it. Yeah, you know, um, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I will, um, I will cite another one of uh, uh, my peers, uh, Devin from Ramonda Hammer. Yeah, uh, uh, I saw her do a solo performance once. Uh, at a hotel cafe and she played this Ramonda tune uh too much too recently and that's like a song that is like hard hitting and like right. it's a power ballad that Ramonda hammered plays and um but in this in this situation it was just like her playing it with a guitar yeah and it just still translated so well like the yeah. energy was there the emotion was there yeah and when that's the case i'm like shit that's a good song yeah i yeah. love that shit so much man like uh jeff tweedy put out like a solo record uh like a year or something ago mm-hmm. have you heard it i have not i'm mostly familiar with just like the wilco hits yeah totally you know, i'm a big big fan of yankee hotel foxtrot same uh, absolutely yeah i have not delved into the into the jeff tweedy solo well, ba- it's basically uh there's like a couple new tunes on it but basically he's playing a lot of wilco hits you know for but sure just playing these solo arrangements of them you know and you have these wilco recordings that are these like amazing beautiful artifacts that are like very much recordings you know mm-hmm. that are these like kind of experimental out there like there are these performances and it's very like okay this is like a studio thing and awesome and so the, the fact that it works there you know what i'm saying and then it's also just this like undeniable one guy and, and guitar thing like that is so cool you know where yes. you can have the the core song that is a thing and has legs and then build on top of it something that is so intricate and also interesting but is supportive of the underlying thing, you know, most is, definitely is especially, like the game of it all. <laughs> yeah. Especially with an album like uh Yankee hotel Foxtrot, right? Because like, 
oh, like that album has so many sounds and it's so um, intricate. Yeah. And, um, you know, like you'll have like, like a shaker that's like in one ear and then like bouncing back to your other ear. And yeah, uh, it's, it's so gadgety. Like, yeah. So many gadgets on that <laughs> album. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like, I just like to imagine that when they were recording that, like they just used everything in the studio. Yeah. You know? Have you seen the documentary? No. It's really good. Oh, it's cool. I may yes. have it. I'll look for it after this and lend it to you if I have it. Yeah, um, that would be amazing. It's super interesting, Because man. I kid you not, I am obsessed with that record. Yeah, same here, man. I would love to watch the documentary about it. I like tried to... There, there was a couple times... It wasn't really until college that I really like understood Wilco. There was a couple times... Because like, you hear t- people talk about them with such reverence, and I'd be like, what's the deal? I don't mm. get it. I was kind of waiting for it to... like. Mm-hmm punch me in the face and be like what's up we're wilco <laughs> yeah yeah what was what was your the circumstances of your wilco awakening i had a friend you know that basically evangelized me and like mm-hmm. in his room like <laughs> played me a couple songs off of his laptop and it was kind of like it was kind of like jamming a lot with him my friend jack DeMeo, okay. um and just being like and just kind of being like playing in a room with him being like whoa this guy's writing and playing is so cool and that was like his favorite thing and then him like listening to it and me listening to it with him, I was like, "Oh, yeah." And then you know, history from there. Fantastic, like- fantastic. I also had Wilco shown to me. Um, I was uh, on a road trip with uh, my friend, roommate, um, musical collaborator Mark Edwards. Uh, shout out, Mark! I love you. Uh, we were <laughs> we were driving to Portland to yeah. buy a drum set. Yeah, and it was like we were on like that, like like a really long, lonely stretch of the five, and just like taking turns, like playing albums. Yeah, and I think the agreement was like, okay, I'm gonna play like this album top to bottom. And while it's going, like you think of the record you're gonna play, yeah, and uh, then we'll listen to your record top to bottom, and amazing, just, like, bouncing back and forth. I love like that. that. I yeah, love it. and um, uh, he he played Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, and I was just like, at first, I was like, I was like, all right, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, like it, it didn't really, nothing really clicked for me. Yeah, you know, but like. We listened to it again, like later in the drive, and it was like, okay, like, you yeah, know, like, this is cool. Yeah. And I remember, like, it was enough for me to kind of just, like, be curious. Right. And, like, when we got back from Portland, I just, like, started listening to it on my own time. And suddenly it was just like, wait. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's, that comes up in the documentary because they get dropped from their label and mm-hmm. then they get, like, and so there's this whole conversation about like uh, there's some rock doc guy that is like in all the rock docs. Mm-hmm. You know the guy I'm talking about. He mm-hmm. has kind of has like he's like a Rolling Stone writer or something. He's kind of got like Shakespeare looking hair. Maybe I'd glasses. recognize him if I saw him. You'd recognize him if you saw him. I don't know your his description. Name. Sounds like John Lennon. Like, I'm just like <laughs> picturing John Lennon. He's like. kind of this tall, lankier John Lennon mm-hmm. looking yeah. guy, but he's got a big mouth, and uh, he's just like a he's in all the music writing documentaries. Um, cool. I should know his name. I don't. Anyways, he kind of says like he understands why they got dropped because um, if he was like an executive trying to market that record or something like that, like the beauty of it, but which you can't see if you're in the position of like 
of a of an executive is like it doesn't tell you exactly what it is and exactly who yeah. it's for, you know. And so yeah. that that ambiguity that requires like you know digestion, mm. you know, is like n- if you're sitting up in like a you know office somewhere trying to like skipping through it being like no <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's like interesting but it reveals to, itself you know it's it, it's also <laughs> interesting to imagine uh what music was like when that record came out yeah uh, you know like i i came around to the record uh years later uh so i feel like i i lost that context kind Same, of yeah but yeah like trying to imagine um like i don't know what pop music was uh in the early 2000s and then uh and then having yankee hotel foxtrot and like yeah like what do we do with this yeah you know and it's so cool too because i feel like when people talk about wilco it's like that album is like quintessential wilco yeah that's like the one it's like the album it's like yeah the album. <laughs> <laughs> i remember i think the like when i was falling in love with wilco it was really um it was really a ghost is born like i had just moved to los angeles and my parents had also moved to Los Angeles. So my first year after uh, freshman year of school, is instead of like going to my hometown, seeing all my hometown friends, I like moved in this like new place with my parents. Nice. And so I was like very lonely in Los Angeles because like my friends that I had made in school had returned to their homes. So now I was just like in LA, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. I, there was this like one like jog I would do like um, in Santa Monica where they were living. And I would list, there were two records of like, of that summer. And mm-hmm. it was like the summer that I like started going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it was a like, very introspective time. And it was, uh, the, that Courtney Barnett record that sometimes I, I sit and think, sometimes right. I just sit. And sometimes I just, th- just and, sit. And, uh, Ghost is Born, you know? And mm-hmm. so I have like landmarks like in Santa Monica where I would like, uh, you know, on these like foggy days, like run around and listen to those records, you know? Oh, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, for, for me, except it's like, you know, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It's like, I just think about, I think about like rolling hills next to a highway. Yeah. You know? Because that's what, you know, that's what, that's all I could see the yeah. first time I heard that album, you know? Yeah. I love the way that we associate memories with music and, music with memories yeah. and uh, and places it's the best. and people yeah. it's really cool i remember like skateboarding around campus like very late at night listening to wilco records and mm-hmm. it would be like kind of foggy and there'd be like straight and there'd be like no one on campus and i'd just be like skating around uh, listening to those records oh yeah it's good shit man that, that honestly there's still the band like there's so many of the records that i still haven't even heard yet so mm-hmm. like there are so many of the records that are so important to me yeah but i like i'm like oh i there's like a lot of Wilco albums. <laughs> totally, totally. I want to do a comprehensive sweep. <laughs> yeah, and like they have such a, a backlog too of like yeah. stuff that they uh, were doing uh, before, uh, you know, back when their sound was like more country yeah. and whatnot. And totally, totally same situation, have not delved into it. Yeah, you know? there's a lot. That's kind of exciting though when um, when you find a band and you're like, oh my God, there's so much it's a universe. to hear. Yeah. You know? like, it it's might take best. some time, but yeah. like, it's cool. Yeah. What about you, man? What are you listening to lately? I've, I've done a lot of talking. What about, yeah. what about you? I don't know, what are your uh, What are your jams what today? What am I listening to these days? I don't even know what I'm listening to that much. Um, I may have to go to my phone, man. This is so lame. Um, I think, you know, Lucy Dacus is... So cool. Very cool. <laughs> um, Very cool. That one song, Night Shift, on the record she just put out is uh, 
pretty amazing. And that song has been blowing me away for a while. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, our friend Liv Slingerland, uh, is she is she playing with Lucy Dacus right now, or is is it Alex Leahy? Um, I can't remember, but she's uh, playing, I think, guitar with one of Whoa. those two. That's fucking rad. Yeah, I know. I did not it's know this insane. at all. That's well, super yeah, cool. Yet another, yet another person, um, you know, who's uh, close to us, who is inspirational. Uh, yeah, Liv Slingerland. Shout out. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Alex Leahy. Yeah, I think that would, because I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what Liv is up to. Yeah. Um, but what else have we been listening to? Um. Dude, not too much. Like, I feel like I've been in a weird, like, musical limbo, you know, where I'm sort of, like, in between falling in love mm. with things, and I'm sort of, mm-hmm. like, waiting for the next thing. Yeah. Um, there's You're in a lull right now. I'm You're in, in the little, trough, I'm but don't worry. There'll trough. be a crest. The I'm wave will crest. A lot of yeah. podcasts recently. Um, nice. I've just been, like, doing, like, I know the Beatles, but I don't, like, know the Beatles. <laughs> So I've been like trying to go through all those like old Beatles records and Talk stuff. Talk about a band with a lot of albums, that, yeah. you know, like, you know, that you can dig into. Right. So I'm trying know. to fill in the gaps there, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just so wild to hear those old records and just be like, whoa. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and the doubled vocals and like the drums all on one side and you're just like, dude, they're oh doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll listen back to like some Beatles records and I'll be like, oh my God god like like the whole band is like off to this side yeah and then, like just the lead vocal is like pan to the other side yeah I'm like what were you doing Wild. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like this is crazy it's like you know like the whole thing where like you'd like you know like sit in the halls with your friends and like yeah. you'd have one earbud in and like your friend next to you would have the other earbud yeah. in or like trying to like listen to some like listen to an album with your girlfriend like you know the same way like one yeah. one one uh earbud in and she has the other earbud like yeah you can't do that with like some of those a beatles, of beatles records, records you know yeah. or, like you'll see it at like a restaurant or something where there's like they have like the speaker set up uh-huh. on opposite sides and you're just like oh th- that table's only getting bass guitar <laughs> yeah 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 you like you, the onion rings are coming and you're just getting like full force <laughs> ringo you know <laughs> like, yeah. everyone on the other side of the restaurant you know is like getting just like john's vocal yeah know? yeah man um <laughs> hilarious there's a guy named field medic Ooh, um, yes i am familiar with only the song um uh otl yeah love me, that pretty song. much me too like that yes. song is unreal that's one of the songs i heard it and i was like shit yes <laughs> yes wish i wrote this song <laughs> oh my god so badly yeah what, what an incredible song great song um, yeah i really owe I owe my uh, knowledge of field medic to uh, my friend and mentor Greg Katz, uh, who runs a uh, uh, he has a, a, a playlist that he like updates on a weekly basis. And field medic was one of the uh, was one of the artists he added, and it was that song OTL. Yeah, and uh, wow, what an amazing what an amazing song. Yeah. OTL stands for One True Love. I imagine, unless there's something else, a hidden, a hidden uh, meaning in OTL, but I'm just yeah. assuming it's one true love because that's the lyric yeah. in the song. But great song, man. Yeah, just like the the imagery of um, I don't know, just like at the doing grocery normal store buying EBT sushi. Mm-hmm. Wasabi soy sauce, one true love. Wasabi soy sauce, one true love. So you know? good. 
<laughs> reading reading Norwegian Wood by Murakami. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dreaming of my one true love. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Yeah. Um, That's a song that that uh I haven't like panged for a song in a while. We're like, "Damn, I got to listen to that song right now." Yep. But that's one of those songs. Yeah. I've had to I've had to go back to that song yeah. multiple times like, "Oh my god, this is just so good." There's a song that came up on like my Discover Weekly by Waxahachie um called Catfish. Mm-hmm. That's just her and guitar. Um that's fucking great. Um, I think the, the last thing that I got really excited about was probably like Big Thief when they put out oh that second record last gosh. year. Yes. That was like a, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time. That's the last thing I can remember like really flipping out about. What's the highlight? Highlight of the album for you? Capacity? Okay. That record? Yeah. Oh. Um... Hmm. Man, I would listen to it so much all the way through. Um, I think Black Diamonds is a really great song. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Pretty Things is so cool. Yeah. Um, I've like used Shark Smile as a reference so much, like when recording. Right. Um, those like cool kind of glassy ass guitar parts mm-hmm. that are kind of breaking over the top. Mm. Um, what about you? Um, definitely Shark Smile. Obviously. Yeah. I think I think highlight for me is it's got to be Mythological Beauty. Yeah. Um, that song uh, is just, I don't know. It just it really struck something special in me yeah and um it's cool that that's like the single from the record too you know yeah it's like such a yeah i can't really tell like what that song is about but like yeah it seems like really dark you know and all this imagery of um i don't know like um like being torn up inside and um like uh like walking yeah like walking through like birth. your like the uh like your family's front yard and there are like oil cans like yeah in the yard and stuff and there's just something yeah. so um vivid about it all yeah not to mention like the melodies are just haunting yeah um i was lucky enough i got to see big thief earlier this year yeah I uh I went to um the Mayan with a friend of mine and uh Perfume Genius was headlining and Big Thief was the opener. And like I'll be real, like I like was I was mostly psyched for Perfume Genius. Right. And like as an afterthought I was like, Oh yeah, and I bet Big Thief will be pretty dope, you know? And like we got there and within seconds Big Thief just floored me. Yeah. I, like everything was was so um raw but beautiful uh like it's just drums bass and two guitars and vocals it's nothing fancy there's no tracks there's no um no keys no no uh whistles no gadgets there's no gadgets there's no gadgets it's not gadgety <laughs> it is it is not wilco you no, know no. you know but like th- like everything was just optimized to its maximum potential uh and i could tell like she just had her amp so loud but she was playing so softly yeah you know that it was almost like when someone's like whispering in your ear it's like really like intimate and you know that if they just like like 
said right. something loud, like it would like be like, oh my god, yeah, you know, it was like that, yeah, and it was it just like had that like intimate feeling, yeah, where it was just like right with you. That drummer blows my mind, and like the the drum recordings on that record in particular, yes, unreal, yes, like truly, like a like when I think about that record, I'm like, damn. Like those are the coolest drums ever. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and like watching him play too, like he just like yeah. hits the drums. I wish I knew what his name was so that I, I could know, like I give him too. a shout out right now. <laughs> but like you know, hey drummer, big thief, you're crushing it, crushing it, and like hitting the drums with um such precision and with so much intention behind it. Like, yeah, he really just like looks like he means it like when he's playing yeah that's super cool. sparse super subtle like crushing it i love it talk about taste hell yeah you know, if there's one band i could cite for taste it's big thief yeah hey big thief shout Heck out yeah. alex dude thanks for being on my podcast man of course man this has been a blast be where Thank can you. people find your stuff you guys can find um, the Family Haha's stuff on Spotify. Uh, yeah, just open open up Spotify, search Family Haha's. It'll probably be the first thing that comes up. You can find us at um, SoundCloud.com slash Family Dash Haha's, um, or just Google us. You know that SEO is on point. You know, Hell like yeah. we're the first thing that comes up. Super key. Please um, give us give us um, give us a spin. You can also take a listen to Tambourines. Yeah. Um, the SEO not quite as good, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, take a look. Take a look for the songs on his side. Look for Daisy. Those are the telling signs that you found the right tambourines. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Any shows coming up? Nothing on the books right now, unfortunately. Um, but Haha's has um, two new songs that were in that we got in the works right now. Woo! Keep your ears open for those. They should be out soon enough. Amazing. Cool, I man. love you. This is like a dream come true. Honestly, too, like man. I've yeah. been listening to your podcast for a while now. Oh, really? And I was, I was wait, <laughs> I was waiting for the day you'd ask me to be oh, here. Cool. Oh, cool. I'm so excited, yeah. man. Yes, this is this is. Um, I feel very fulfilled. I feel very honored and grateful to be here. Oh, dude. Well, I'm so glad, man. Yeah, I'm. I uh, I almost like it, every once in a while I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna stop doing the podcast. And then I'm like, what? That's so dumb. And then I, you know, get a uh, second win. Yes, so. I slipped in the door. You I'm know, <laughs> <laughs> I slipped in before you decided to, to, decided to end it all. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this, so this is a start of like a new wave of, of energy for um, for this thing. But I'm glad because we wouldn't have had this conversation were, were it not for this uh, this thing. So heck yeah, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Amazing. We did.